You're listening to the Dark Depths Podcast. We would love if you could take a minute out of your day to follow the Dark Depths Podcast on Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube channel, give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to our show, or just tell a friend. If you feel up to it, you can also give us a donation on PayPal or support us on Patreon. Don't feel like you have to, though. Our show is always going to be free. That's all the announcements. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Dark Depths Podcast, your go-to place for the modern legacy format. I'm one of your hosts, Billy Mitchell, and I am here with the sleeper agent himself, Michael Matson. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I had a pretty good weekend and have the day off, so I'm excited about that. Found out I have a dentist appointment tomorrow, which was a shock to me, but it's overdue, so I'm happy about that. Uh, how are you? I'm doing okay. No dentist appointment, um, but... I did have, uh, actually did get to go to the doctor last week, I think. I got to go to uh, gastrom, gastro, gastronomist, I don't know, gastro into, I don't know, whatever. A, a stomach doctor. I went to a stomach doctor. Um, I, I think we've talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but like for probably the last like year or something like that, I've had like really bad like stomach acid, like when I'm trying to go to sleep. Um, and it was, you know, I'm like reading online, they're like, well, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't eat, you know, two hours before you go to sleep. It's like, okay. It's like, well, okay, you shouldn't drink alcohol. I'm like, okay. So I like, tried doing that for a while and you know, didn't really see improvement. So and they're like, okay, well, you know, cut out citric acid and cut out um, tomatoes. And I was like, okay. okay. So I, I tried that and it didn't get any better. Um, so I just started taking like, you know, the over-the-counter acid reducers, whatever, my doctor was like, I mean, if it if it works for you, it works for you. But like, that's not a normal thing. You should you should you should talk to a professional about that. Like, you're a professional. She's like, yeah, but like, I mean, like a specialist. I was like, ah. Um, so I finally got a specialist after I think it took me four months to finally get be able to get to go. They were booked back that far. Um, but yeah, my doctor was just uh, my uh, the specialist was just like, yeah, you're just gonna take these pills forever now. I was like, ah, oh, that's that's, a, that's encouraging. So, yeah. Doctors. That's fun. Doctors. Uh, it's a sign that you're clearly an old man. You're probably dying. I know. But... It's oh, clearly, yeah. I I've got like days left at this point. So, applications for a new podcast host start now. Um, yeah, your first episode will be 100. Um, so, no, enjoy that. <laughs> oh man, it's crazy. We're so close to 100 now. Yeah, we'll see if we get it there. <laughs> we're just like get to episode 99 and we're like oh see you next week and it's never come back <laughs> like, uh, anything else that happened this week um well I got to play a bunch of magic this weekend that's nice yeah I love magic I don't know if you know that about me I'm a big fan of magic the gathering I'm gonna write that down for next time yeah uh, so lots of battling this weekend, and that that's been that's been what's up with me. So were you playing modern or playing legacy? So I played two modern events this weekend. Played uh, the RCQ or an RCQ, I guess I should say, on Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and then I played a store championship on Sunday. Okay, so did you? I know your amulet cards just came back. So were you playing that on the, in the RCQ on? 
on Saturday? Uh, no, I tricked myself. I, well, I, I don't want to say I tricked myself. Like, I, I made a reasonable, well-thought-out choice. So I played Rhinos on Saturday. I, you know, it was at my local game store, and the people there are very into Blue Red Murktide. And I think, you know, I now have a plan that works against Murktide, but I just thought Rhinos might be a little bit better against Murktide. I'm actually not positive <laughs> about that. But I just, um, you know, both decks were putting up similar numbers in Syracuse. I think Rhinos is really good. I mean, I mean, I think both decks are really good, but I just felt like Rhinos made a little bit more sense. I also expected... Um, a couple copies of the Indomitable Creativity deck we were talking about last week. I mean, Harley was there, so <laughs> I knew uh, yeah. knew he was playing it. But I expected a couple other people to be on it. And Amulet is not great against that deck. Like, I know that's what Harley lost to in the top 12, but you know, I really do think that's kind of the exception, not the rule. Um, mm -hmm. So I just thought Rhinos made a little bit more sense. I think Rhinos is kind of strong into that. Um, so yeah, that's... I played and it went okay. Um, had a four-two record, uh, which is not perfect, obviously. And uh, unfortunately, I came in ninth, so didn't quite make it. But I mean, I was I was happy, and yeah, I mean, some things just didn't work out. Like I played against Shadow in round one, and uh, it was very frustrating. In game one, I got my opponent down to like two life. Um, mm -hmm. and then knew that they didn't have any counter spells in hand, and I'd only used, like, one burn spell. Uh, and I was like, can I just... But, like, I ran out of everything, and I was like, can I just draw a Fire and Ice or a Bone Crusher Giant in, like, the next three or four turns before I die? And the answer was no. No, I could not. <laughs> so, stuff like that was was unfortunate, but, I mean, the day went pretty smooth. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's super frustrating, though. But, I mean, with, like, 4-2 with the clean cut, the the deal for ninth. Yeah, it was a clean cut at X-1-1. Um, okay. So, you can only be oh so upset. Like, there was a set of circumstances that could have resulted in me getting eighth. Uh, but it basically needed, like, two people to specifically not get paired, and then I needed two specific people to lose. Uh, and both of the people that I needed to lose the loss, but the people I needed to not get paired got paired. Ugh, okay. So, I mean, <laughs> that's asking for a lot to go my way. Yeah. And, like, you, it's not like you, you put yourself in the best position to get into the top eight. It just didn't work out. But, like, that's beyond your control at that point, so. I'd say I would argue putting myself in the best position would have involved not losing round one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, but I mean, that's also you know you ha you played your outs. They got them down to two. They're dead to a number of draws, right? So yeah, but it was it was a good day. So I, a couple of things I do want to touch on from it. I had a really weird judge call in uh, in round two. I just kind of want to share just because I think it's interesting. So okay. um, I'm playing against this equipment based deck. Uh, it's a local player who kind of just. Uh, We'll say he plays his homebrew decks. Um, sure. It is not the equipment deck that people may be thinking of necessarily. It was kind of a beating. He had main deck Sword of Feast and Famine. 
And uh, okay. rhinos are green. <laughs> sort of Feast of Famine gets yeah. protection from green. So that was that was not ideal. I got my face kicked in. <laughs> uh, turn one Riverfront Champion, like turn two Stoneforge, turn three, just <laughs> attacking with sort of Feast of Famine up creature. But anyways, um, so game two, I think it was. It might have been game three. We get to this point where um, my opponent taps, they they shock in a, a duel, or like they shock in a shock land, um, and they do whatever, leaving them with Cavern of Souls and a treasure token untapped. Uh, okay. But it's notable that they pay two life for the shock land, right? So like, they're, mm-hmm. they clearly have something for two mana. Um, I have a, demo- or a violent outburst. And I have a force of vigor plus the green card in hand, and it's very obvious okay. they have a bl- they have something. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know if you would have any guesses as to what it would be. So they have they have essentially two two rainbow mana like that the man the cost isn't well. It's a cavern, so it has to be colorless. But then a treasure. Wow. Um, their deck is Jeskai. They're playing cards such as Ragavan, Stoneforge Mystic, Fervent Champion, a bunch of equipments. Um, trying to remember what else I had seen at that point. Maybe a removal spell. In their path in the turn? Yes. They don't have Stoneforge up? No. Um, being Jeskai, you're on Amulet. I'm going to... I'm going to get the Aether guys. Well, Rhinos, not Amulet, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Gus is still a reasonable guess. Yeah, Gus is unreasonable. I mean, like, I'm not sure what Jessica... I've seen, I've seen similar decks like this, like the Fervent Champion, yeah, heavy on the enchantments. Not and a stock list. And stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I know for not, I've never seen Jeskai. Like, just sitting across from the player, you already know it's not going to be a stock list unless it's Tron. Um, yeah. So. Oh, okay. Okay. I know what we're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. Oh, you know, what I'm gonna guess actually. If it's if it's not Aethergust, I'm gonna guess it's the, um, uh, what's it called? It's a blue and one counter target spell if you control more creatures, whatever that one is. Oh, um. Oh, why am I blanking on the name of it? God, we both played this card. Um, we both did, <laughs> yeah. Like, isn't it like, I want to say it starts with a U. Like, I can picture the artwork. Unified Will, is that it? Yeah, Unified Will. Unified yeah. Will, yeah. Um, oh, that's a, that's a deep cut. It, <laughs> um, so my head went to negate. Um, okay, oh, that's more reasonable. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, what do I want to do here? I was like, he has something. And I was like, uh, I was like, oh, well, because of the way he tapped, I can just force a vigor of the treasure on his main phase and then go to his instep and cast the violent outburst. He, he only has the cavern up, and then, like, I just kind of murder him with rhinos. Easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like the very smart person I am, I let him go to his instep and forgot to cast the force of vigor. Don't even think about it. I'm just like... Like, I've, I found the line, and then I was like, okay, incept, cast, cast a thing. Um, yeah, so I started cascading, and, like, the second I 
start cascading, I was like, oh, I did not mean to do this. And, like, I kind of say that out loud or something to that yeah. effect. Um, or, like, oh, I messed up or I, I don't remember exactly what I say. So I cascade um, and go, okay, hit hit rhinos. Um, and my opponent just, without, without missing a second, just slams down a test of talents. Oh. Yes. Which is... Okay. Not on my radar, but no. But I do oh, know so for good. a fact that my opponent has counter magic available, right? Like it's it's obvious to me. Yep. And I've already gone through two rhinos. Oh, okay. So, or like two crashing footfalls. So I'm actually yeah. not planning to cast the crashing footfalls at this point mm-hmm. because I don't think it'll resolve, and it's. Like, I would rather just be in my deck for a spot where I can resolve it. Which I know sounds really weird because I cascaded into it. But the cascading into it was a mistake. And I'm just not trying to have, uh, I mean, no pun intended, I'm not trying to have cascading mistakes. Right? Like, just because I've already made a mistake doesn't mean I have to commit to it. I would rather just do what's going to put me in the best position for later. Um, Sure. But it's really awkward because at every other point in this match, uh, I have just, like, Cascaded into it and cast it. So, like, we have a clearly established pattern. Uh, so the judge gets involved and uh, ultimately declared that I was casting it, like, because that's the pattern that's been established. Although, which I was trying to remember if I had, like, verbally said cast it. I know moving forward for the rest of the day, I was very mindful to say I am putting this on the stack or I'm casting it, to be clear. Mm-hmm. But, like, Ultimately, it was ruled that I cast it when, oh, by the time I revealed it, I was not planning to cast it, and then I didn't even have the fourth one in my deck. Okay. Oh, okay. So that was, that was brutal. Hmm. Test of talent, jeez. Yeah, I did not think about that one. That's a, that's probably one of those cards that, when Lurth was still around, I think Test of Talents and uh, with Surgical... The one mana counter target Thor three invasive um, surgery, del- invasive surgery. Um, we're definitely cards that think people were t- using to tech against rhinos and against living end. Um, so it, it's actually really cool to see it in sideboards. I mean, obviously this is a not a stock deck, but it is interesting to see it making a comeback on some level. Yeah, I um, I was not <laughs> like again. I was expecting the gate. Um, I was not expecting Test of Talents, but I was like, oh, that's actually really good. Because there's so many in the people there's so many people in that room who told me, like, yeah, I was expecting a lot of Cascade here today. And it was like so I came with like Flusterstorms or Chalice, but like Flusterstorm's really good. Uh, but the Chalice yeah. is super beatable. Um, mm-hmm. but like if yes, it is harder f- like it is harder for the Cascade player to counter a Flusterstorm than it is for them to counter the Test of Talents. But if that Test of Talents resolves against, like, Living End, what are, like, what are they going to do? Uh, beat you down with a 4-4 Flyer. I mean, that's, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a good strategy. So, yeah, that was... I a... mean, it works. <laughs> I've won many games playing just 4-4 Flyers and 5-mana 6-6s, six or, you know, five six mana 5-5. Five five. Sure. Not the best plan. But, but. yeah, it's not a good plan. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I just thought that was, like, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Because it's really awkward. Like, how how do you roll that? I Ultimately, the 
like the judge came to the decision it didn't make sense for me not to cast the spell so like he was like you know it's clear you were going to cast it like i think you're only saying you weren't going to cast it because now you've seen the counter spell um which is like not true and like i was talking to my opponent about it too i was like i i just think any reasonable player here like any reasonably i don't want to say any reasonable player i think any player who is dialed in here would not make this mistake like Mm -hmm. i think there's a number of people who would just say oh well i've already cascaded i might as well just cast it but i just like it's very obviously not the correct thing to do so but i just thought it was interesting and a kind of a good reminder like just because you started messing up doesn't mean you have to like continue down that line you can always readjust like i would happily throw away this cascade spell if it means that i'm still going to have the crashing footfalls in my deck for a time where it might actually resolve mm-hmm. yeah i always think it's interesting with i mean just a lot of gameplay especially in in modern uh, i think in legacy you have a lot i mean in my opinion at least i think you have a lot more of leeway uh, because you can always, like, brainstorm away a mistake. Like, if you you know, you keep the wrong card off of Ponder, right? You can always shuffle, brainstorm your cards away and shuffle again, and suddenly you've got a fresh um, card you're looking at. But I think when you're looking at Modern, because you don't have the the ability to re- refresh your hand like you do in Legacy, I do think it, it leads people on these decision paths where it's like, well, I shouldn't have done that, but I guess we're here now, so let's keep going. And, you know, you, like you said, like, there's a lot of, routes you take that just like lead to a worse and worse and worse position for you um and i think especially for some of these decks that i i want to you know things like ragavan or ledger shredder um these these cards that don't end the game quickly but do it over time by accruing value it's really easy to get in that kind of vortex of well i guess i have to do this now i guess i have to do this now and just never actually being able to overcome that uh, I think taking a step back and saying, okay, well, that was a, that was wrong, but what do I do from here? It's definitely a good way to um, go about it. Yeah. The crazy thing is I actually won that game. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I won the match, but that was uh, it was awkward. And thankfully, I, uh, I think my opponent believes I was telling the truth, which, I mean, is good because I was telling the truth. And, you know, he's somebody I'm friendly with, so I definitely don't want to, like, generate bad blood over, like, a round two <laughs> match at an RCQ, you know? Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. generate bad blood over, like, the finals of an RCQ. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I thought that was really interesting. And then round three, I played against Yorion, which I um, I want to put more dedicated testing into that matchup in particular, uh, because I think that Rhinos is favored. And I don't remember what the data at Syracuse said. I'm pretty sure it said Rhinos was significant. Yeah, it said Rhinos was significantly favored. Um, and online, people just keep saying Yorion is favored. And I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I really want to, I like, I really just want to find somebody who like I trust as a player and just jam that matchup for like, I don't know, maybe like five matches of it and really get a feel for it. Yeah, that would be a good idea. I mean, that's... It's one of those matches that I think if you are approaching it the right way, and I think... I, I, I want to talk about this a little bit later anyways, but uh, I think there are certain matches that the common wisdom is, well, if you do this, they can't beat you because you're just advantaged. But it's like, what, what if they change their game plan and they go from playing like this to playing like, you know, changing and being a little slower, being a little bit more aggressive? Um, you kind of mentioned this before, talking about green-white depth. 
um, versus death and taxes, where you're saying, you know, the common wisdom was saying death and taxes is so advantaged and they have so many things going for them, and you're like, I don't lose to that deck. Um, and, you know, just t- talking about the way you approach the matchup, I think, helps inform other people, hopefully, about, you know, what they can do to make the matchup a little better. Nah, all the green-white players just keep telling me that I'm sideboarding wrong in that matchup, and then they keep losing. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand that one. Um, okay. I got a lot of love for the people who play green-white, but the, the, we had a day of discussion about that in the Discord, and it just did not make any sense. Um like, I, I don't know. I feel like I probably shouldn't be saying this on air, but there was a lot of, like, I don't know, but sideboarding the way you sideboard doesn't make sense because of X, Y, and Z reason. And it's like, I get where you're coming from, but this is my thought process, and my win rate is 100% in the matchup. So... <laughs> One of us is wrong, and... <laughs> um, yeah, but Yorion is just like, I don't know. Like, I, from a fundamental level, just looking at the deck list, it makes sense to me that Rhinos would be favored, and that's how it's played out mm-hmm. in my experience. But I don't have that many games with it under my belt, so, like, or that many games of the matchup, so, like, I could be wrong, but, like, I beat Yorion twice in this event. Uh, and, like, the PTQ on, or the RCQ online a couple weeks ago, like, I beat Yorion. Um, it just feels like, you know, Crashing Footfalls is a two-for-one, right? Like, it's very out. Very mm-hmm. obvious that's the case, and especially if you played off Charlotte's agent, it's a three for one. And the Ryan, or the Yoran players keep saying like, "Oh, I have these answers. I have these answers." Uh, and I've heard that from people online. I've heard that from friends who play the deck. Like people like trust and respect as players too, not just like mm-hmm. random Randoms. Joe Schmo I've never heard of. Like, and th- that's not to say they can't be good also, but like it's players that I know for a fact I trust their opinions are just like, "Oh, like you know, I have all these answers," but like. When you one for one against Rhinos, that's not good for you. Like, yeah, I, I put two things in play. You spend a card to answer one, and then I'm still ahead on board. Um, and then that's not to mention people are like, oh, well, like I can just evoke a fury, but then you're giving up two cards to answer half of my card. So like, I just think you fall behind really fast. All the games I've lost in that matchup have involved like Supreme Verdict or like multiple engineered explosives, and I. I think yes when you if you have built your deck in that way i think you're favored but like i just think in general yorian is not favored in that matchup i do think uh teferi is huge um but mm-hmm. subtlety goes oh, yeah. a long way towards beating that and like post board the mystical disputes help a lot so i don't know um but the rest of that event wasn't remarkable i really just wanted to talk about that judge call i just thought it was interesting yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, how'd your uh, Sunday event go? That was that was you on Amulet, right? The store championship. Yeah, so I switched to Amulet, and this is uh, what we call domination. Um, so round one, I get paired against Mill, which is funny because that matchup used to be garbage. Um, it was mm-hmm. so bad they would just like. Mill you once, and then they'd surgical attraction your primeval titan, and then you'd cry, and then the game would be over, and it sucked. Um, Mill's not a super common matchup, but I don't know the last time I lost to it now. Uh, Endurance is so huge in that matchup. Like, it's so good. Um, But yeah, game one, I think I just killed my opponent on, like, turn three? 
uh, I think they won like turn one crab. I won like turn one amulet. They won like turn two crab. I think they missed their land drop. Yeah. They like picked up their, they played an Arboro on turn one. They picked it up, replayed it, milled me for three, played a second crab. And then I was like, I'm going to murder you now. Um, and then in game two, they like milled me a bunch and tried to, they, I think they might have surgical, uh, they surgical like my summer's pass, but I just drew a Titan and they died pretty quick. Um, they cast a second surgical at some point, and I got to endurance myself in response. Okay. Uh, so then I played against the mono black like Tron Coffers deck. That deck's cool. The deck is cool. Um, I had to sack a couple Titans to Liliana, but it didn't matter. Um, the The super heavy discard decks have always been like good matchups for Amulet. Uh, like Smallpox is a good matchup. John is a good matchup. Uh, and this deck is no exception. And then I played against Yawgmoth, and I killed him on turn three in game one. Reasonable. Yeah. I kept a hand that didn't have a green source either. Less reasonable. <laughs> but, so my outs were, like, I had, like, 20 outs to kill on turn three. Uh, and, like, yeah, so that was pretty good. And, like, I knew what the matchup was going to be going in, so I was like, okay, like, as long as I hit one of these... I should be able to, like, put up a pretty dominant board state. Um, and then in game two, uh, we both mulligan, me to six and him to five. And he played a Necromancer on turn two, I think. So that card's really annoying. But then I just played a Cultivator Colossus. And that card's nuts. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I know some people still aren't on that card, but I don't know. Every time I put it into play, I'm just like, I will draw six cards. Uh, I will have a way better board state than you. I will uh, have a couple Titans in my hand. Now. Well, not Titans in this case, but like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Colts Raider Colossus went burr. Uh, and then I got kind of upset because I was able to double draw in. Um which I know sounds ridiculous, but like I really just wanted mm-hmm. to battle. Um, so, so I drew the first round, and then I could have I could have played round five for seeding. Like if I won, I would have been first seed. But if I lost, I would have mm-hmm. been fifth. And if I drew, then I'd be second. So yeah, drawing into second just made sense. Um, mm-hmm. So then in the quarterfinals, I played against, um, like, a Skelementals kind of homebrew. Okay. It's, I mean, if you've seen the Thunderkin Awakener's uh, Lightning Skelemental deck, it's very similar to what, like, the stock list is. But mm-hmm. I don't think this player necessarily copied the list. They kind of got there on their own, so it's, like, a couple cards off. Or maybe they started there and made changes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, it just, um, it felt like their deck just spent a lot of time setting up and just, like, didn't really do anything. So, that went pretty smooth. And then I played against, uh, Blue Red Murktide. Uh, and, so game one, I'm gonna ask you what you would do here. Uh, we both pulled a six. Um, oh, also notably, during the quarterfinals, the first seed lost, so I'm on the play for the whole top eight now, which is awesome. Nice. Um, but, so anyways, we both mulled six. Uh, I know my opponent's on Murktide. 
um, it is closed deck list, so I don't know their numbers, but stack Merktide has two spell pierces. Um, some people are could be on more, but like one or two, I expect to. Um, I have turn one amulet. My opponent plays a scalding turn and passes. I have a second amulet in hand. If this amulet resolves, I have the turn two kill. Or I can play the bounce land, play it around spell pierce, and then try to kill them on turn three, but then they have two mana available and they can have counterspell. Uh, and I can't beat the counterspell. Well, I mean, like, potentially I could beat it, but, like, my hand is yeah, not down the line. equipped to beat it. Do you, <laughs> do you play the amulet into the spell pierce here? I think I do. Yeah, I I tanked for a while, and ultimately, I, I played into it, and, and they had it, and I was like, okay. <sighs> that, game one, right? Yeah, game one. So yeah, I would I would play into it. So they they have to have it, and like they, you assume that they have, if they're gonna keep the hand on seven, right? Six. We're both on six. On six. Both on six. So if you're keeping the hand on six, I I assume you would have pressure. If you're going to keep, or you have, like, a counter spell or something like that. Assuming they know what you're playing, right? Like, um, They know. Like, I don't think I... Okay, so I, I don't think I keep that hand with, like, Ledger Shredder. I would keep it with counter spell. Um, I, I think if I had, like, DRC and Spell Pierce, I would keep it, and I, I, I get the line of wanting to keep up Spell Pierce there. But also, if you play... Amulet on one, I assume you don't have a second amulet on a mold of six. So I think I would have just jammed the creature there. So I'm actually, it's actually a really good play on them holding it up, but I, I don't think I would have done that well, myself. Well, not that many people even have that many creatures, right? Because most people are dropping the Darcy. Uh, so it's like Darcy and Ragavan. And then if you know the matchup, like Ragavan's not stellar in the matchup, like it's fine, but he just gets yeah. bricked by a grazer. So it's like, it's very believable they'd keep a hand that doesn't have the turn one threat uh so then it mm. could just be like in a turn consider into ledger shredder hold up counterspell or like in a turn consider hold up counterspell i don't know like i said i i went for it um it did not work but then they were too slow to apply pressure so i was able to get there over time anyways um yeah uh, it was nice i just like got a couple chip shots in with dryads, and then it was like, okay, you have to answer these dryads, so they did, and I'm like, here's a titan. Uh, <laughs> and then, titan that has haste here. <laughs> and then game two, I'm trying to remember what exactly happened in game two. Game two was like a weird one, a lot of just like passing back and forth, and like me going, oh, well, I could do a thing here, but I think you have counterspell, so I'll wait. And just like mm -hmm. uh, me putting a couple small things in play. And then they got to a point where like they were just getting so behind on mana that I think they felt like they kind of had to make a move. So then they like mm -hmm. cast an expressive iteration and didn't hit anything great. And that was like my window to actually like slam big things. So like I think I slammed a Titan. Which they were able to unholy heat, um, but like I was just so ahead at that point. Like I played another one, and I played an Arasta, um, which I still don't know yet if that card's good or not. But it's cool. Uh, yeah. And then then that game kind of ended, um, 
And then the finals was an amulet mirror. I okay. miscounted my side, or yeah, I miscounted my sideboard. Uh, after I deboarded from Riptide, I thought I counted mm. 15. I only counted 14. I left the Cavern of Souls on my deck. Mm. Uh, so I get a game loss in a, in a match that is often decided by who's on the play. Um, I think it actually might have gotten slightly more skill intensive with Besaju, but still. Play, play draw is, like, beyond huge in this matchup. Um, mm-hmm. So I get the game lost, so that's not great. And then... Not a good start. Game... Two, so game two, which is really game one, I... I didn't mark any mulligans. Uh, I think I killed my opponent on turn two or three. And then in game three, I... My opponent, like, tried to go off, and I had, like, the dismember for their triad, and then I think I had the besaju... And I got game three, so nice. I uh, won the event, and I did not lose any games along the way other than the game loss. <laughs> That's so good. So, so you got yourself a, uh, was it, a Dark Confidant, right? Uh, I did, a Dark Confidant and an Archmage Charm. Ooh, that's nice. And some store credit. Okay, yeah. all right. So, pretty successful weekend overall, then. Yeah, I bought some Transmogrifies so that I can put some uh, Archon of Cruelties into play. Okay, I'm on board. I'm just trying to make Harley proud. Yeah, that's the, that's the new goal. That's the new mantra of the show. We're actually going to change the slogan, Dark Depth Podcast, Make Harley Proud. Anyways, so that was my weekend. Lots of fun battling. Uh, but I believe I am not the only co-host who battled this weekend. Yeah, I actually got to drive out to lovely Ohio um, for Buffalo Chicken to Legacy 9. Um, and it was, a, I mean, it was just, a, I had a lot of fun. I mean, I essentially just road tripped from, you know, the Philadelphia area where we live to Pittsburgh, stopped and um, essentially just had dinner with our friend Ian, um, slept over at his, at his parents' house, and then we ended up well, I ended up driving the rest of the way on Saturday morning. I uh, was like three and a half hours, so into uh, Westerville to play in Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy 9. And then after the event, I just drove nine hours straight back, which I don't know if I would do the nine hours straight again. Um, if I could rewind it, I think I would go back and hang out with Ian at, night, at that you know Saturday night. But I, mean, I did what I did, so. <laughs> um, I think me tr- driving 12 hours in one day is excessive even for me so it, small regret yeah that sounds terrible driving nine yeah. hours after playing a magic tournament too yep um but the event uh, didn't go exactly the way i wanted to but it, it was you know decent overall um i ended up playing blue red delver of course um i actually just played alex rubin's list um from the seg con uh, did a lot of the things that i was interested in in playing so in doing so i was just went for that. Um, the it didn't have counterbalances, so I actually stopped at Mister Nice Guy Games on the way. Uh, it, you know, when I was approaching Ian's house, um, which I actually never been to that store before either. Um, and you know, the Warp Gate where we ended up actually playing Buffalo Chicken Dip um, was also a location I've never been. I've never been to Ohio before, so. Really? Um, but no, no. I yeah. Ian, Ian was like, "No, you've been to Ohio." I was like, "No, I've I've never been to Ohio." Mm. Like, I no, because I you, we got you got uh, we have collectively 
gone to Detroit, but I have personally never actually gone to Detroit. I'm just always in the group of people who goes to Detroit, but I've never personally gone. Well, I think you mean to Columbus. Columbus, yeah. Columbus, well, I mean Columbus, Detroit, because I know you guys drove to Detroit a couple of years ago. Yeah. But yeah, I never... Man, you're missing out. You're went. boring. I am boring. Yeah, I've been saying that for years. Look at this guy. Boring. Uh, so, yeah, so we I ended up going there. I, once ago, both of those stores have been seen stock. Like, I was... I went to um, Mr. Nice Guy, and I was like, oh, I'm looking for counterbalance. Do you have those? They're like, yeah, we have everything. I was like, okay, you have everything. Cool. Um, but they did have a lot of things, so I, I guess that's a humble brag. Um, and the warp date was also, you know, fantastic. I gave them a, like, 50-card list for an EDH deck that I'm playing on stream on Wednesday. And they were, they had, like, 47 of the cards, and, like, they didn't have Roar of the Challenge, um, you know, Un- uncommon bomb from uh, like Dragons of Tarkir or something like that, but like they had a lot of cards too. So you know, shout out to both of those stores. Um, but yeah, no, I ended up playing um, six rounds. Uh, it, I think it had sixty four players, but I think only sixty three actually showed up. Um, but it was you know pretty legit overall. We started off playing against uh, Doomsday, which. You know, it, I, I feel pretty good against them, about that matchup anyways. They were playing the more slower build with the Strixes, uh, which are fine. I still, I think we've talked about this before, but I still feel like the actual traditional Doomsday list is better than the Tempo Doomsday um, piles that we've seen. Like, I don't think slowing down actually helps, but it still exists. So I'm, I'm guessing I'm wrong, but... Um, the game one, I had decent control of the board, and they doomsday down to four life into a flip Delver and a DRC, and they started looking at the. They're like tapped out. They have no card. Or, yeah, they have like one card in hand, um, but they have no mana, and they're just like, oh, I'm just dead, right? And like, I unless you can generate, you can crack the pile with no mana. They're like, no, I I can't. So they died. Um, game two was very similar, where it's like uh, I played counterbalance. I think I'll turn three. Had counter magic the most most of the game. Um, wasn't terribly close, but the counterbalance actually didn't counter anything. Like I cast it, and like I think I revealed one card off it, and they just couldn't beat it anyway. So uh, round two I ended up actually playing against Robert Wilson, who we had on the show uh, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Um, we had a really good match. Actually, that one was our feature match for the round. So um, you and I at some point are going to actually go over the match and uh, put that up on YouTube. So keep an eye out for that, people at home. I did not agree to this. Uh, awkward. Uh, but uh, anyways, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll figure that out later. Um, the It was like a pseudo-Delver mirror. He, um, Robert wasn't playing Delver, but he was playing like a, a bigger Jeskai build. So, you know, playing your, trying to make sure I say this right, um, still playing Murktide, playing Ledger Shredder, um, so kind of like Bullwinkle's list, but, you know, playing white essentially for Thor's Plowshare. Uh, 
also in the sideboard something I thought was really cool was playing the Maddening Hex, which is a card I love. I love Maddening Hex, um, and especially since we don't get to play it on MTGO. I haven't actually gotten to test with it as much as I'd like. Uh, I got to see Robert round one, and he actually, like, essentially just locked somebody, <laughs> locked somebody out. They ended up uh, fixing themselves to, to death with Maddening Hex, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, so, the point I've played against that card, that card's a beating. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a constant way to dome people, and especially in these te- tempo matchups. Like, I like the idea of counterbalance just because it's two mana, but it is blue. The fact that it's three mana isn't, isn't, isn't great, but I do love the fact that it's red. Um, and it obviously puts in really good work when it resolves, so I'm yeah. really impressed. Well, like, you think about how impactful Eidolon of the Great Revel is when it hits play. Right? And this card mm-hmm. is just, like, a harder-to-answer, more painful version of that card. It's like, oh, yeah. And it's one-sided. And, <laughs> like, it does a lot of, like, some, I mean, like, that's a... It, it's it's not creature spells, right? So, like, that's kind of a minus, but also, like, you're going to cast one creature for every three cantrips or burn spells or whatever. Like, that's more than enough. And it's going to deal, like, 3.5 damage on average, which is obviously more than the two. So, like, even if you do, you know, miss the creature, it's still dealing 14 damage on average over four spells for the one creature to three spells. Like, that's still fine. It's much better than Eidolon at that spot. Um, And it doesn't die to Lightning Bolt either. So, yeah. um, We ended up playing a really good match. And once again, I I don't want to go over that in too heavy of detail because we are going to talk about it and put that up on YouTube, so once again, just keep an eye out for that. Uh, but I did end up winning this 2-0, so spoiler alert. Um, I ended up playing against Depth in round three. I don't think I played well in that one. Um, some odd timing with... Like, I know that I knew they had a... I knew they had a crop rotation, and they had an active reclaimer, that it couldn't kill. I could use two uh, two lightning bolts to get it off the board, but I only had one, and and I didn't want to like try to dig for the second one. So I was like, okay, well, let me try to th- like my plan was just to clock them, um, and put them down. I forget the light totals exactly, but I wanted to try to. And they were in lightning bolt range where I could if I if I can triple lightning bolt them and it get one attack in, like they die. It's like uh, like maybe like eleven life or something like that. So my plan was just to find the correct number of Merktides and attack. Um, I ended up using my Wastelands, I think, a little bit too aggressively. And they had activated the Reclaimer in one spot, but then I went for a Wasteland, and they had the Crop Rotation, which I knew they... I was pretty sure they had. Um, it, it just didn't work out the way I needed it to. I also did not find... Like, I was very aggressive in game number two with, like, a Submerge on a Reclaimer just to kind of tempo them and not allow, allow them to activate Reclaimer because I thought if they did, I wouldn't be able to get in damage with uh, my creature. Like, it was an awkward game. I think I, I definitely think I played poorly, though. So I uh, ended up losing that one too well. If it makes you feel better, most people use their Wastelands either way too aggressively or way too conservatively against steps. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's been a number of games that, like, People just wasteland me, and I'm like, this puts you behind, not me. And then there's also games yeah. where I'm like, if they ever just 
use this wasteland. I don't think I can win. And then they just like leave it and play for five turns because they're like terrified of what I'm gonna do. And it's just like, oh, you uh, you threw. Thanks for waiting until I could play around your wasteland. Um, yeah. Also, you're supposed to submerge when they use the reclaimer ability, not before. Yeah, I mean, I think. I could be wrong, too, with the spot. Like, I, I, I don't want to try to speculate. I, I think it made sense at the time. I think I really did not want them to have a Maze of Vits on the battlefield. It, it's what I, I'm pretty sure it was. But maybe you're right. Maybe, like, getting rid of the Reclaimer, you know, forever, and them having the Maze of Vits is better than them getting it just a turn later and having both. Maze sucks. But. You can just Wasteland it. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but it's just like the wasteland gets taxed so so hard to that matchup. So it's it's definitely tough. Just play a second threat, you're fine. Well, that's the other thing too. Like I, it was one of those things where like by the time I found the second threat, they found the second um, wasteland, or they found the Vesuva to copy the um, you know, or, sorry, the Maze of it or like Vesuva. So like it just ended up being a really awkward timing, like. Part of, like part of it is obviously that they they just had it sure, but also I think I didn't I put them in a position where if they have it I'm in a much bigger hole and I don't think I played in a way that got me out of it so I, I think that's partially my fault. Uh, round four I played against Just Guy which was actually just like a like a. I don't, I'm trying to think what the deck's called. Um, like, the days I'm doing. It was more similar to that. Um, obviously updated. It wasn't playing Hull Breacher, but they were playing Narset. I didn't see actual days I'm doing in the deck. So I'm assuming they weren't actually playing that. But I did see the Prismatic Endings, the uh, Swords of Plowshares, all that fun stuff. They still have Lightning Bolt. Um, it was... I, and I, I've been saying this for a while. I don't... I'm not afraid of the Just Guy players, <laughs> like, playing Blu-ray Delver. I just feel like your interaction is so much better than theirs. And, like, they're tapping out for three-minute spells, so they're just, like, walking into dazes. And if you can put pressure on them, they kind of have to play into it, and then you just body them. So, like, the match was at 2-0, and, like, we all played similar cards, but, like, I just, just not afraid of... Um, the white out of the deck, you know, as is at least. So, I don't know. It was, it was fine. I was happy. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with you. The, their removal is so much better than yours, but, like, mm-hmm. when they tap out for Teferi, it's just, like, who cares? Yeah. Like, unless Teferi specifically bounces my Merktide Regent, I really don't care about that thing at all. I mean, like, them countering in general is bad, but, like... If they bounce my flip Delver, it's like, that's annoying. Okay, here you go. Here's another Delver. I'm going to attack you with my like my other creature. Like, if you can keep two creatures in the battlefield, I, I don't know. Teferi's not great. And I think the same thing happens with Narset, too, where, like, Narset minuses and gets them a source of plowshare. Sure, you're tapped out. I'm just going to I'm just gonna kill you. Like, it's, it's essentially just a, a three-mana impulse healing valve, which isn't bad. Obviously, but like, it also costs three mana and it's a main phase spell. Like, I'm not. That's cool. That's fine. Um, I did get a couple situations where like, it comes. I don't think in this in this match, but like, 
I had somebody resolve Narset, and I was just like looking at my hand of double with Breath of Iteration. I was like, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I don't care. You can have that. Um, and then, this, so at this point, too, I'm 3 1, right? So it's a six round event. If I win my next round, I lock up top eight. Um, at the very least, if I win. If I lose the next round and I win the next the one after that, I can still make top 16. But, like, I can definitely win and make top 8 here. Um, I played against Cloudpost, so that did not happen. Um, Cloudpost, I, th- I also think I just got, like, massively outplayed here. Uh, I- I'm just not... It's another matchup. I think you and I have talked about this before. Like, my play style is that, like, I get better by playing decks and understanding how, they, how, what the, how the lines look. And I don't think I've played against Cloudpost enough to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing and when I'm supposed to be doing it. Um, like, I had an opportunity to force of will a Pithing Needle on turn one, but I didn't have any Wastelands, so I I let it resolve just because I was like, you know, I'm pretty, like, it was literally, I think, game one, like, turn one Needle. I was like, <sighs> okay, so you're definitely playing Cloudpost, which is great for me, um, but I think... I think you can have this one, and I'll just fight you on, like, Primeval Titan or something like that. And I think if I actually had forced the needle, I actually would have been able to pull that game out. Like, I ended up drawing two Wastelands and having access to the third one. And I was just like, well, these are all (laughs) useless at this point. Um, So, I definitely think that was a... I don't know if it was a mistake or not. I just don't know. It was. (laughs) You think so? Yeah, I... I think you have to fight over their their pithy needle regardless of if you have the wasteland just because wasteland is really your best form of interaction against that deck um mm-hmm. i mean like think about it, wasteland's good enough against that deck to the point where they have to main deck needle yeah and multiple needles too yeah um and duffer is just so good at finding the cards that it needs that like i think you want to do that um, especially because, you know, your other form of interaction, you mentioned Force Will, but they play Cavern of Souls, so, like, your mm-hmm. Force Will can just get turned off, too, anyways. That's true. Yeah. So, I, I probably should have done that. Okay. Let's keep that in mind for next time. I definitely, I mean, they played really well, um, and they ended up making top eight, obviously, from here. So, um, kudos to them. And then, uh, round six, I played against Moon Stompy, which is, like... It's a matchup. I this is I, I I've talked about this one before on the show. I think we did a, a Discord league where we were all playing, and a couple of our friends play Moonstompy or played Moonstompy at the time. So like I played against this, and it's the same thing, right? Like there are some games where they they slam a turn one Trinisphere and you lose, or a turn one Blood Moon and you lose, and there's games where they don't do that and they die a horrible, horrible, burning death. Um, they were on the play for game... Actually, no, I was on the play um, for game number one. And they ended up going, I think it was turn two, Rabble Master uh, or Legion Warboth. And then they followed it up with another Legion Warboth and like were able to win. Um, game number two, they ended up keeping this hand that was really dependent on chalice being really good and i'm like sitting there with my fourth of will and i'm like 
that resolves. And they're like, yes, this game is over. And then I got to cast Meltdown for <laughs> X equals one, killed the Chalice, and killed their Chromox. So that was good. I won that. Um, and then game three, it literally was just... Um, I ran them out of resources. They went Chalice on one, Twin Sphere on two. I think that was... I think that was, like, most of their hand. And I was like, okay, well, they've got, like, one card left. I feel pretty good. They ended up untapping, casting Legion War Boss. So I'm like, that's annoying, but that's fine. I just put down a, um, in like, an 88 Merc Tide, and I was like, well, you know, good luck. And then they played another Legion War Boss. And then I was like, okay. And then they played another Legion War Boss. I was like, okay. So I'm just going to die to Legion War Boss. Cool. Uh, my only out at that point was to find my one rough tumble and I couldn't find it so died there um so I ended up uh 3-3 which is out out of top 16 so I didn't didn't cash at all but once again it was a good event um I the one thing I did kind of note is I did go 3-0 versus the blue decks and 0-3 versus the non-blue decks um which I don't know if that's a I, I, well I, I feel like it's partially just the the fact that if you're not a blue deck you are prepared to attack Delver specifically, which I think makes it harder. Um, but I also think I played poorly. Like, I think I definitely could have... The Moonstopping one I actually don't feel bad about. Like, I think that was that was just a thing that happened, but I think I could have won the Cloud Post or the Depth, at least one of the games in each of those matches. So, overall, pretty good. But once again, I think if I was fully rested <laughs> um, and, you know had actually had a little more practice with those matches than thinking about had a better shot. 3-3. Three, three. Disappointed in you? I'm disappointed in me. That's cool. You know what I'm not disappointed about, though? What? The performance Depths had at that event. Yeah, I mean, I think... I, let me try to see if I can pull it up. There were, three I believe... Copies three copies in top eight. It's a lot of copies. <laughs> Um, and they, I mean, they did well. I mean, let me see if I can find them. Um, Gabriel Abadi, Nicholas French Seats, and where are you? Whole Caminos, right? Jared, no, uh, Jared Catherly. Oh, Camino switched off. What a traitor. Yeah, Caminos was on, um, I could be, have that listed as, um, Blue Karn Artifact. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, the cat deck, um. I'm sure the top. I'm sure the top eight is around here somewhere. The list, but um, I'm pretty sure with the the cat build um, with Karn and um, Tormod's Crypt, you know, Ballista, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, Bill, uh, Bill was actually on camera, I believe, in round one. So that is something if you want to go back and check out. Or was it round one? Pretty sure it was round one. It was round one. Um, for people at home, by the way, the Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy, they do have the entire event up, but round one is split off from everything else. So, like, if you're trying to look for, uh, what people are playing, um, just keep in mind that, uh, Dominic, uh, Mal Madalena and Bill Caminos is in a separate video from everyone else. Um, but yeah, Bill is playing, um, the blue, um, Kitten Echoes deck. So, Cap Engineer pretty cool deck i mean like I, I got to see him play a little bit and definitely an enjoyable deck to play he did and he obviously plays very well very elite player so yeah i i can forgive him because that deck's cool actually um yeah. 
I don't know if you remember the name Mark DM, who was kind of crushing uh, Moto challenges with uh, with the Echoes deck a, like a couple weeks back. He went on a string mm-hmm. where he like top eighted three Sunday challenges in a row playing the playing right. like the, the Echoes deck, and then I think he had Displacer Kitten maybe the last week. He's like so high on that card. Uh, he's been trying to work on a KCI Displacer Kitten build. Ooh, um, okay. But he's given it up, but he's uh, he has now issued the challenge to me, or I've kind of taken the challenge to see if I can build Displacer Kitten KCI this week. Um, okay. Uh, Kitten's just such a cool and fun card. It is. It is a cool card. Um, this, a lot of things... It, it plays magic in a way that's not quite as common. Like, I mean, like, there are a lot of really good into the battlefield effects and things like that, but, like, just the number of combo lines you get from Kitten are astounding. Um, and, like, obviously, like, the Karn the Great Creator loop is, like, another one that, I think, people found it, and they're like, oh, this this is cool that it works. And it's like, you know, you don't have to combo off with Teferi, you can combo off with a colorless spell. Like, I wonder how many other cards you can combo off with. I know you can, I've seen people talk about doing it with Tasha, uh, which, you know, doesn't help you you know, it helps you in EDH, obviously, but it also helps you out in Legacy. Like, maybe Tasha is something you could play, and maybe that's really good for some deck. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't even know what Tasha so. is. Oh, Tasha is a, a legendary planeswalker from uh, Baldur's Gate. It, without going too far into it, it's essentially like a quote-unquote fixed Tybalt Cosmic Imposter yeah, that's essentially it. It's a it's a, it's a smaller fixed um, tipple. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, this deck, the event in general, had a lot of decks that w- were playing really well against Delver in general. Like, looking at the top eight here, you see um, three green-white depths. Uh, you see the kitten combo, which I'm assuming has a good Delver matchup. I haven't actually played that one in particular. Um, you've got Cloudpost, um, Elves... You got a Chad Harney was playing some rug mid-range deck, which I'm not sure. I actually thought it was the Max Dorsion um... deck. Okay, okay. So, and you know, looking at the rim, there were a bunch of people playing decks I wasn't expecting. Like you know, there was the Red Stompy deck. Um, there was a number of people playing Infect. Uh, I saw a good number of Death and Taxes, which is cool in person. Uh, but I also saw people playing like food chain which was really neat like um someone there was playing merfolk like bomberman was one i saw doing doing lord's work which was awesome uh someone was playing madness like there were definitely a lot of cool decks there and you know we had mentioned this when robert was on the show but you know this is a proxy friendly event you can play any number of proxies you want uh, some people were playing you know just like here is a printout of uh, ancient tomb, right? Something like that. And there were other people who were there who just had like a literally. It looked like um, like playtest cards, like the old school magic playtest cards, with like lightning bolt, deal three damage to any target, like that kind of stuff. Um, they just had that printed out, and that was my round one opponent playing Doomsday. Actually, which is funny because he's like, "Yeah, I just proxied the whole seventy five. I'm like, "Oh, that's a that's a good idea. Keep everything proxied." Yeah, and he like. Uh, fetches off uh, Polluted Delta, and he's still like, I'm going to find an Underground Sea. But, but there's no artwork. So he's just, like, going through every 
picture every card and reading it to see if it says underground theo on it oh god i'd be so mad (laughs) i couldn't do that to myself yeah it was i mean like for me it's it's fine right because like my brain's weird and like i can i can look at a pile like that and see like i they he laid out his graveyard and i was like i know every card in your graveyard we're good let's keep let's keep going uh, but he kept having to reread it, which was which was unfortunate. But yeah, he even said he's like, yeah, this was this was a mistake. I definitely needed the art for some of these. I'm like, yes, very much so. <laughs> uh, and I, I feel like making doomsday piles without the artwork, I think, has to be exhausting. Like, I think doomsday piles in general are exhausting. But not being able to look at the card and having to read every one, to be like, which one says thoughts of the oracle? Okay, good. Which one says ideas unbound? <sighs> okay. Uh, but um, it was one of the concerns I kind of had about a proxy, a fully proxy event, was the fact that you know if you can play whatever you want, why just not play whatever you want? Like I'm just gonna play, um, you know, Steel Stompy because I don't own four Ancient Tombs and four City of Traders, but I don't need to. I'm like I'll play that, or you know, I'm gonna play Storm because I don't own four LEDs, but I could for a weekend. Um, but like the room was very much a typical legacy event. Like, people... I, th- I think the stakes were high enough where people weren't gonna ball out of control just to, you know, quote-unquote ball out of control uh, with their deck choice just because they could. Like, they were still gonna play the deck they were most comfortable with and they actually had tested with. Um, so, you know, you still saw a lot of Blue-Red Delver. You still saw a lot of decks that are present in the metagame. So that was a really cool um, thing that I, I saw there. I would have played 100% proxy green white depths. Ooh. <laughs> just, just because. <laughs> I'm like, I own all of this. I just left it at home. It seemed fun. So, yeah. No, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have done that. But, I mean, like, and that's the thing, too. I, well, I mean, I know you've had your green white depths for a, a lot longer than I've had my deck, but, you know, I've essentially only had. Blue Red Delver in in owned all of it at least uh, the past less than a year I've been like eight months um, so I'm I'm still excited to like play my four volcanics whenever I get the chance so I I definitely was not going to be using uh, proxies um, just so I could have them all shuffled up and all that fun stuff and draw off my pretty cards but yeah I actually you know, love looking at my decks too so yeah. But, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, had a really good time. Uh, there, a lot of people at the event were listeners of our show. Um, told us how much they loved me. Uh, they said how much they put up with you. So that was cool. Um, they were excited to get our tokens, which were, you know, really cool. And once again, if you um, are a patron and haven't um, contacted us about, you know, sending you, you know, tokens, things like that, please uh, send us a DM um, either on Patreon or on Twitter, and we'll make sure we get one to you. Um, you know, a pair of them. Um, but no, I mean, overall, it was a really great event. I had a great time. Um, you know, I got to talk to Min. Like, I never actually met Min in person, but he was at the event. Adam Wathburn Moses was there, too. Um, oh, yeah. I was, did he know, give you stuff for me? He did, yeah. I have um, behind me, but I have your one of your zombie tokens. Good. Excellent. The gang's all back together, almost. Yeah, I was like, I thought, I was like, what is, oh god, that was a long time ago, like, with the yeah. Deal of the Dead was legal? Correct. <laughs> he, 
He's had it for a long time. I've actually seen him since then, too. Oh, gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, he's like, I have this from Mapton. I was like, what? Oh, God, okay, cool. But yeah, but like once again, it's that's the other thing about you know the the last you know two years, right? Like we we've made a lot of connections and we know a lot of people, and there's a lot of people like I have talked to numerous times but never actually gotten to meet. And like you know, Min for example was working on that D and D project um, that we were doing, um, and but like you know, collaborating with him, but literally never got to hear his voice never got to actually see him so it was cool to actually be able to uh, talk with him for a bit um you know and you know i just really enjoy the fact that you can go to a place that's nine hours away and still feel very comfortable and you know feel very welcome so you know shout out to uh warp gate shout out to the ohio magic community especially the legacy scene you guys are really really cool I know we're getting towards the end of our time, but do you want to wrap up talking about Death Shadow? Yeah, I just wanted to note on this deck real quick. It won both Legacy Challenges this weekend, and that's kind of nuts for a deck that we don't see very much of. Yeah, and like the deck in general isn't very different from what we've been seeing, right? I mean, it it still plays Death Shadow, uh, Street Wraith, um, you do see, I think most people are doing the split of Murktide Regent and Gurmag Angler, like a like a three one split in favor of Murktide. It's a, a lot of efficient blue red, oh, sorry blue red, <laughs> uh, black blue interaction. Uh, is there anything that's like any reason why this deck is more popular now than it seems to have been in the past? So I don't necessarily know that the deck is more popular, or if it's just a couple people picked it up. Um, I do think we've mentioned in the past that anytime Delphi gets too big, Death Shadow is probably a reasonable choice, just because in the mirror match, it, or like the pseudo mirror, it's so complicated, right? And Delphi is this deck where you are trying to get your opponent dead, um, mm-hmm. and Death Shadow is uh, a deck that kind of likes when your opponent's doing that, and I think that just causes a lot of awkward situations, um... And other than that, I mean, you're playing very similar to the blue-red deck. Uh, you're just a low-to-the-ground low to deck. Like, their Delvers are replaced by your Death Shadows, which is a better creature. Like, you do lose on uh, Channeler and Iteration, which is really big. Mm-hmm. But your spells are a little bit more efficient. So, you know, there's some trade-off there. But it's it's hard to say which is more powerful. And if you don't think there's going to be a lot of Swords to Plowshares going around then I just think this is a really strong choice. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the fact you can two-for-one so efficiently in this deck, and I obviously think Delver is one of the best two-for-one, um, you know, two-plays-in-one-turn deck in the format. But, like, I think adding in the snuff-outs, I think, do something really huge, uh, just because it's it's a free spell. Like, it, <laughs> I mean, it literally is a spell that allows you to combine it with something like Thought Seize and Snuff Out for one mana. Um, maybe you want to combine that with a, you know, him to Torok and then Snuff Out. Like, but just having access to this free spell, I think, does a lot. The one thing I think that, you know, kind of surprises me is the sideboard. Um, there are a lot of effective answers you get for being blue-black. Um, I think 
having you know fatal push uh, another one of the sideboard I think is fine, uh, but you do get to th- play things like Torak Dreadcanter. So when those white decks are very good, Torak I think is really really solid. Uh, and that's the card we've been seeing a lot of in modern. So kind of seeing it make the jump to legacy is really neat. That card's gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I mean like it's it's one of those things I feel like it does not look nearly as good as it actually is. And every time I've cast it, I'm like, oh, this is gross. I've, I've, I feel bad for your opponent. I'm so sorry. No, I'm not. This is, this is okay. Did you see uh, Callum's tweet about this card this past week? I don't think so. Oh, man. Callum had an excellent tweet. He, it's just like a picture of a board state, and Callum's on like some Asper, like, tempo pile thing. Um, and there's a picture of Torak attacking with Callum at like two life, and he's just like, "Have you ever been attacked by a by a Torak twelve turns in a row to lose the game? Neither have I." And his hand is just like swords <laughs> to plowshares, vindicate, like other <laughs> removal spells. Jeez, oh. oh my gosh, yeah, the card. I mean, the, I I've been loving it just out of the Shadow sideboard. You jam that into the. You know, four color deck, something like that. But oh my gosh, I, I can imagine for death and taxes so that has to be miserable. So yeah, no, I mean, I think this deck is. I mean, obviously has legs. Um, if it is able to win two challenges, I mean, different pilots, obviously. But I just think that's a good thing. You know, when you when you see someone like Demonic Tutors win back to back challenges with Storm, you're like, okay, well, Demonic Tutors is very good with Storm. Okay, cool. Uh, you see. Um, Bullwinkle top eight back to back challenges with his, you know, brew. It's like okay, well that makes sense. Bullwinkle is a very good player, um, but seeing this deck in two different people's hands, I think means that there is something uh, at work here. And the decks are, I believe, identical. Um, so, you know, I think this seventy five is a good place to start with if you are looking to play this deck, looking to try to see how competitive it could be. It's something to consider. Alright, we should probably get out of here. Maxim, where can people find you? People can find me featured in the This Week in Legacy article on MTG Goldfish this week. They can find me at Expedition Map on Twitter. Supposedly on Twitch. I think if I actually figure out this KCI deck, we will actually revive the stream. Um, and apparently... In a few months, they'll be able to find me on MTG Vegas. That's a that's a new thing. Uh, where can oh, that's fun. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bad Luck Bandit. If you're interested in finding the show, we are at Depth Underscore Podcast on Twitter as well. Uh, at the beginning of the show, you hear all of our different links. Um, you know, ways to support us, whether it's on Patreon or YouTube. Uh, PayPal, whatever. All of the links are there on our link tree. And also, if you are interested in getting a token, and once again, if you're a patron, uh, one of the lovely people who support us and help keep us going, uh, we do have all of those. We have tokens that we still need to send out, so you know, please contact us if you're interested, and uh, we'll make sure you get one. All right. I guess I'll see you next week. See you next week. All right. Bye.